0: Oh my, look at that fish. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk podcast. This is your host, Joshua Aaron Shrinko. Oh, oh,
1: nice, dude. We're doing in middle behind, names.
0: And uh, behind <laughs> that. Fluffy ball, my co-host Christian Bond. What's
1: up? (laughs) What's up, brother? Uh this is this is we I come to you from uh my attic right now. Studio B, dude.
0: Got that mesh network, dude. You just get that get that high speed all all up in the attic.
1: (laughs) I'm all meshed up right now, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So meshed up. Dude, Ashley and
1: I were just talking before we came up here. I was, I had a discussion with a lady in my office a couple weeks ago and she was telling me how hard it is to be a woman. She's like, yeah, childbirth, like all the other things that make, make being a woman hard. I was like, yeah, I was like, that sucks. Today I had a moment that I was like, nobody talks about how hard it is for a man's ass to just fall off day by day by day. (laughs) My ass is like the coastline of California right now, dude. It's losing, <laughs> it's losing yards. <laughs> they, I like bent down four or five times yesterday. And I was like what the hell's going on with my pants dude
0: (laughs) you're losing that that uh that girth of keeping the pants up is that what's going on
1: my ass is just falling off dude it's disappearing before my
0: very eyes i will say man you see like a real old guy walking around and just the only thing holding it up is a you know they got that (laughs) belt cinched around their waist dude dude
1: (laughs) Oh, my belts are like a girdle right now, dude. It's, 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 my belts—the only is the last survivor right now. It's the last monkey holding on to the end of the chain. Dude, That's all I, I got, dude. I
0: don't know. I was I was blessed genetically with a very very uh, um, round butt. I got a I got a I got a woman's behind. I get compliments. That's what
1: all they the call time. you. That you do. <laughs> I've never been complimented on my butt uh, ever
0: no uh, women compliment me on my butt they say oh yeah yeah i
1: know like i'm i'm saying i've never been complimented <laughs> on my butt not one woman has ever looked at me and been like i like your ass sir <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's, I, don't, I don't if know she did look. that i would <laughs> i would put my fists up and i would austin powers her ass and be like this is a man baby <laughs> dude uh
0: Whenever, whenever you get down on that stance on the jet boat, dude, I think it looks pretty good from where I'm.
1: Yeah, sitting. what the hell was that, dude? You hey, put pull that
0: your, pull your mic out a little bit. You're you got a little too close.
1: You're telling me you're telling all the wet boys that I'm driving my jet boat like a <laughs> damn psycho. That was pretty funny though. <laughs> yeah, how about that that one guy commenting on my legs? I told him yeah, I've just...
0: soaking them in two percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've been soaking them
1: in two percent for months. Thanks. A week yeah, he said,
0: <laughs> what did he say? He said, uh I've I've seen uh I've seen fl- a pack of flukes less white than that mm-hmm. <laughs> that what he said? Yeah. yeah, that's what he said.
1: <laughs> Dude, what the hell? Like our listeners have just absolutely trashed me in the last year, my my appearance my my freaking how i'm getting fat before everyone's eyes what the hell we got
0: got called ass hats Uh, douchebags
1: dude we got
0: we got some more feedback on that
1: we got some more we got there's more to the story i
0: feel like i feel like we we held back and we we yeah we we could have definitely went wild on him. we could have went wild on him and and been 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 pretty justified we could, have,
1: we could have ragdolled his ass dude but we didn't do it
0: <laughs> bit him over that drip <laughs> <boat bun. laughs>
1: anyways so uh today we wanted to talk about a couple of uh a couple of issues i well first of all i wanted to give a, a little route, ra- a little recap of my new orleans trip um, yeah
0: have we not done that since you got <clears> back
1: no we haven't so my brother and i skipped on down to the bayou for a couple of days. Uh he didn't get to go on our May trip. So, you know, we wanted to do kind of a trip just the two of us. So we got together and, you know, decided to go on a redfish trip. Um, did a bunch of research online and apparently like and I asked around to actually some of our listeners, you know, asking about specific places, you know, we have kind of people that listen to our podcast and interact with us kind of all over the place. So I was asking a little bit about you know, trout in Missouri. I got kind of a wishy-washy, you know, one of the guys I reached out to was not, he was like, I wouldn't come here during November if you can avoid it. Uh, And then I reached out to some other people and, you know, kind of landed on the New Orleans thing because after doing some research, it was clear that like something about like the winter months, the cold water, the lack of rain, whatever it is, causes the, the water down there to kind of clear out Um, so there's a lot of visibility and apparently just like all the bulls, you know, all the bull redfish kind of run into that area. So anyways, after kind of reading the articles on it, you know, we, we landed on that as kind of our destination. Um, so we went down and we booked a guide for one day and then we were supposed to go like DIY for day two. So two day fishing trip, two days of driving. So we we end up getting down to New Orleans uh, and New Orleans is pretty sketchy. <laughs> I don't Sounds know. Like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Probably a lot of the listeners have been there or whatever, but not a huge fan of the city. I would say I was
0: scared that you were going to come back with my trolling motor, dude.
1: I was scared about it too, believe me. I had to leave it parked next to the highway, dude. I was very spooked about it. But anyways, the city itself is pretty like, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't want to insult anybody's city or whatever, but it's it's pretty like flooded out, I would say, and like smells and it's kind of dirty and not my favorite. (laughs) Not my favorite city You're I've ever been to.
0: Insulting it pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, right? I know. You just said <laughs> that whole city smells. <laughs> it's
1: Well, you know, it's kind of a...
0: You just said it's, it's dirty and smells.
1: It.
0: <laughs> so, What more <laughs> could you say
1: about it? <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be insulting, but it's a complete shithole and I hated it. <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying that new orleans is a shithole but other than i don't want to offend anybody uh no it's it it definitely um we drove through it at night and i have to say like out of all the cities of the u.s cities i've ever driven through i've never been as sketched out as i was driving through new orleans so i don't know maybe we just hit bad yeah maybe we just hit a bad part of the town or whatever Anyway, so we end up uh, we get into we got into our hotel like super late. I mean, it's like a fourteen hour drive. So we got to our our, we had an Airbnb actually. Uh, Next day is is guide day. So we get up in the morning. Uh, Guide says be there at um, at uh, eight a.m. So we show up. We well we're driving to the (laughs) to the boat ramp, dude, and it's like (laughs) I don't want to like if you've never seen the show True Detective. Um, I, I, I'll just say that, yeah, season one, it did not take much like searching for them to find spots that looked like that. That's all (laughs) I mean, it it was, uh, it was pretty, you know, you're down like 30 minutes outside of the city, dude. And you're just like, what the hell is this, man? Where, where am I? (laughs) It's like, um, mobile homes on like 25 foot stilts and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, but anyway, so the drive out there, my brother and I were just like loving it. It was so different. So cool. Uh, the shrimp boats, <laughs> shrimp boats everywhere, oyster boats everywhere. There's these crazy houses on like 25 foot stilts. It was just kind of, I wasn't really expecting like that close to the city. Cause we were only like 45 minutes outside of the city. So I was expecting to still be like in suburbia kind of, but dude, like 45 minutes outside of the city. And you're in like, I mean, like middle of nowhere
0: rough country huh
1: yeah so um anyway so we take the drive out it was awesome the drive was really scenic really cool just to like you know just all the different kind of stuff get to the boat ramp and dude the guide was awesome he was like so professional uh you know he was he had us on fish like all day The weather wasn't great. I mean, it was like windy and kind of overcast, which is tough and salt. You need like a lot of visibility, a lot of sun. It rained on us and that kind of thing. But dude, we had shots at 20 pound plus redfish like all day long. I mean, it was like, you know, we ended up
0: pretty cool when you were describing it to me. Yeah.
1: I mean, they're so big, dude. They're all like over 40 inches. And so I got a. I got to kind of like dish on my brother a little bit. I'm not, I'm going to take it, I'm going to take it <laughs> a little easy on him. <laughs> but uh, we did have a moment like this, like, goalie wash of a rain came through, dude. And it was like we were all kind of discouraged, but we could see behind the rain that there was like blue skies. So we endured the rain for like 30 minutes, like super hard rain out in the middle of the ocean. And, you know, it clears up. The guy motors us over to the next spot, jumps up on the polling platform. My brother's not on the bow for like two minutes. And all of a sudden there's like this school of like probably 10, 20 pound plus redfish, like within 30 feet of the boat. And the guide's like right there, you know, 11 o'clock, you know, 30 feet, whatever. So my brother takes a shot out there and immediately after his fly hits the water, they're like four redfish just come up and they're like, huge like 40 plus inch like giant redfish and do they attack they just go absolutely bonkers like this one comes up and eats the fly jeremiah like gets a little rattled and like goes to trout (laughs) set he goes to trout set and then remembers like halfway through the trout set like oh i can't trout set so then he like he fully freaks out after he misses the first like 20 pound plus redfish because it was a super aggressive like eat or whatever.
0: So how are you supposed to set the hook on those like sweet strip
1: strip set? So you just oh, pull strip. the okay. yeah. So you just pull the fly line really hard and it drives the hook into their mouth.
0: Right. So Jeremiah, sense.
1: yeah. So Jeremiah gets a little like rattled when he misses that first fish, but he leaves the fly in the water and dude, like two more redfish are like chasing down his fly, and they're like bearing down and like I'm standing up right behind Jeremiah, like looking right like next to his hip, but just like looking right next to him. So I can see everything he's seeing. And dude, that, that red fish was like, like huge. And it was like waking, like you could see its whole body at the top of the water, just like waking towards the fly. And Jeremiah's like, just missed that fish on the strip set or on the uh, trout set. And he like freaks out again. And he's like moving his rod backwards towards Mm -hmm. the boat. And like keeping the fly like just out of the fish's reach, the fish, the fish was like opening, like it was so visible. It was like twenty feet off the bow. You could see its mouth like opening up and closing, like trying to eat the fly like four times. And Jeremiah is just moving his rod and the fly so quickly that the fish is swimming at full speed and can't catch up to eat it. And Jeremiah's, is like just like like freaking out, dude, and and like. He gets the, he gets the, uh, fly to the boat and we thought the fish kind of spooked off and the guide's like cast at 11 o'clock, you know, 30 feet. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm freaking out. <laughs> and he casts at 11 and dude, another one chases it like the exact same thing. And Jeremiah's like moving his rod backwards and moving the fly, like just out of this fish's reach. And the guide's like, slow down, slow down like that. <laughs> and the- and he's like, oh my God. And he like, he like freaked out the fish saw us again. So he casts one more time and another one like goes to eat it and misses it. And it was like, what the hell just happened, dude? I mean, it was, this all took place in a matter of like 20 seconds, you know? And like, we had just gotten rained on for 45 minutes. Like that was like the first bit of action, you know, that we had seen. So it was fun, man. We had a really, he ended really He catching great time. one
0: of those, didn't he? Or yeah, he
1: caught, he caught one. Uh, Jeremiah caught one that was bigger than mine. It was like 20, 25 pounds, 43 inches or something. Ooh, buddy. So, yeah. he it's he. he I mean, and he also hooked like two black drum. You know, I caught one big redfish and then I caught one black drum and I, I snapped off a big bull red too. Um, mm-hmm. So, which was my fault completely but anyways yeah it was awesome dude the guide day was was really cool um it's just like so vast i mean you're fishing in this giant swamp and dude it's like it's absolutely huge and it's so like there's these little channels cut through it canals lakes i mean it's just i mean we we like on our first day like with the guide he took us to a spot that was like 40 miles from the boat ramp oh wow and you're like going through like Georgia the jungle i mean there aren't trees there it's all like knee-high grass so you can see but i mean you're like out in the middle of nowhere i mean you're just like you know if you didn't have your gps or like your phone i mean you'd be done so hmm. yeah that was cool man the, the you see a bunch was other awesome.
0: people fishing
1: we saw a lot of shrimping boats and like we saw some way or some uh some not whales we saw dolphins we saw uh tons of ospreys which you would have loved and then, nice. uh, we saw a gator. Um, yeah, dude, it was cool, but not a lot of other red fishermen, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was fun, man. We, um, and
0: then you went out the second day and then you didn't get, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, the guide was also like really, uh, which let me, let me give his, it's captain uh, C-A-P-T underscore Allen on, uh, on Instagram. If anybody's ever down in new Orleans, definitely, definitely look this guy up. He was a really, really. He was good conversationalist. He was, you know, it was like having a fishing buddy on the boat, kind of super. He's like our age, thirty four.
0: Ever caught any smallmouth? Uh,
1: no, no. He's actually from North Carolina, so it's C A P T underscore Allen A L L E N. His name is Allen A L L E N Kane. But uh, no, I mean he's he's from North Carolina, um, but. I don't know. He said he's done a little bit of smallmouth fishing, but I don't know. So yeah, it was cool, dude. Very, you know, very good experience, but yeah, DIY, we went out there and it was like, we couldn't get, we couldn't find water with like any visibility, super, super windy, you know, and we caught some, some sea trout. Yeah, I, I do suck, (laughs) dude. I caught some sea trout and I caught, or I hooked a, uh, like probably a 50 inch, uh, excuse me, alligator gar, but I lost it. So
0: nice. Well, that's cool, man. That's, um, uh, encouraging from a, you know, the standpoint of, you know, you can go down there when it's cold, but discouraging that you have to pay a guide. to
1: do (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, maybe eventually you could figure it out, but just like, I think with that amount of space and, and the guide was very cool about, like, he gave us like spots to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's like, hey, go check this well, spot, check this spot. It,
0: it wouldn't be too dissimilar of like dropping some guy who has never fished for smallmouth into, you know, Indiana and being like, hey, go find a river and catch smallmouth on it. And yeah. you wouldn't know where to start or, you know, what to look for. And that that stuff definitely is yeah. be hard.
1: I mean, um, there's like 150 square miles of swamp just like where we were, I think. You know, there's it's crazy. Right. So he did drop us some pens and like was super helpful on our DIY day. But I think we just struggled to find water with good visibility. So yeah, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and then one more thing that happened on the trip with food was great. By the way, I loved, I absolutely love the food and we are going to go back. So if that tells you anything, like, I mean, the city stuff is whatever, but we are going to go back. It was a great trip. Uh, but I'm, I'm walking through the grass after our second day of fishing and I feel these things like biting my, b- biting my toes, like I guy, my flip-flops on or whatever. And I would look down and I had red ants all over my legs or all of my toes or whatever. So I poured a bottle of water I had in my hand. I just poured it on my feet. And as soon as I poured the water on my feet, this giant spider, dude, it was like the size of like a 50 cent piece comes crawling out of my pant leg i'm like yeah oh, <laughs> yeah i was like what the hell was that dude and it was like not even scurrying on the ground it was like jumping across the ground i was like oh my god i took a, I took a picture of it but uh it bit me in the toe no big deal oh, dang, I dude! counteracted its venom quite easily
0: <laughs> do you have jeremiah suck it out i did <laughs> um so now that we did a a long opener um we're going to get to what the title of the actual episode is going to be. So we're going to review, do a season long review of, um, or end of season review of our river rat rafts. Turn your uh, volume down on your computer, by the way, it's, I'm getting a little echo. Um, so, you know, to give some people some background of like what we're talking about, you know, it, you probably have seen, you know, our, uh, rafts on Instagram. We've talked about them in the podcast, but, uh, we were approached by Brian at river rat. who's the, one of the owners or the owner, I guess. Um, and he, uh, wanted to be a part of our podcast. So we worked out a, a sponsorship deal. and We got a couple boats and sort of our plan this year was like to add like value to them and to our audience is basically just use the piss out of them this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the season or, you know, share pictures and all that stuff. But in the the season was sort of like give an honest opinion of what we thought of them, how they performed. And, you know, obviously we're, I would say we're biased. I don't think we can claim that we're unbiased, you know, because we know the owner and they gave us a couple boats and all that. But to the best of our ability, we're going to try to, um, give a, an honest review of how they did for us in the type of fishing we do. Um, and we know there's, there's definitely been some listeners that have reached out to him and bought some of those boats. So, um, you know, yeah, it's like obviously, several. like yeah, several, it, yeah. it obviously, uh, at least, at least two we know of. No, uh, more than two for no, sure. I know. I'm joking. I'm yeah. joking. Um, so I'll start off and, you know, I don't want to like, uh, be the only one talking here. So, you know, interrupt me if I'm, uh, going, you too mean like, you
1: mean like the first 15 minutes of this podcast? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, if I'm going
0: too long winded, but, um, yeah,
1: you should have done that during my stupid new Orleans rant, dude. You idiot. Uh, I like that cutting that me off, I just,
0: I just wanted to see you burn the bridge from all those new Orleans. Well, uh, I did people. the I
1: did the mental algebra during the middle of me absolutely trashing an entire city, <laughs> and I was like, you know, "Like Louisiana is one of two states in the entire country with there aren't, that aren't has no small mouth." So yeah, that's true. You know.
0: That's true. Uh, so the
1: whole place can just be underwater, and we don't even pay <laughs> it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Uh, so kind of, I would say starting out one. We did, or you had a similar boat to the, you know, before we got these boats. So we, we, we sort of had a general uh, baseline for what to expect from a, uh, a boat of this style.
1: Yeah. Um, And we've also had, I've also had a hard body drift boat as well, which I think has some application and you've got kayaks. Yeah. Kayaks.
0: We have, we both have jet boats and I've had Um, a
1: canoe so
0: that's right old town maybe forget about it um
1: made of kevlar
0: you know when you're (laughs) when you're looking at the type of fishing we do you know it's generally speaking like shallow rocky rivers and that could be anywhere from like a river like the susquehanna to a river like sugar creek here where it's small but the one thing they have in common is there's a lot of uh shallow areas that you're hitting rocks The rocks are, um, you know, it gets, I would say at times there's places that are inch deep that you, you know, no craft can get through. Um, and for us to find something that works in all those environments, uh, it's, it's sort of rare. Like a, a kayak, um, has its pluses and minuses jet boats. You obviously need more depth. You need a bigger river. Um, You know, and and another thing, the kayaks are like, you know, relegated to one, you know, it's a solo craft. Um, In my opinion, just the style, and I'm not speaking to the river rat itself, but that style of inflatable um, raft is the best all around boat for the type of fishing we do. Would you agree?
1: Where we live specifically, I would have Mm -hmm. to agree. Yeah, I think if you if you're going to buy one one boat that you can kind of do everything with, I would say that, that I would agree with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I, I I understand where you're going with it. But even if I lived in an area that had a big flow like the Susquehanna or the upper Mississippi or something, yes, a jet boat would be superior because you can go back and forth. But on the smaller rivers that are like out of the way that you that jet boat would be out of play. So right. the cool thing about a raft is you can take it on any size of flow. The That's smallest true. rivers we fish to the biggest rivers we fish, it will do fine. Now, are there things that it doesn't do as well as like a jet boat does? Yes, for sure. Are there things that, you know, there's pros to kayak at times? Yes, there are. But overall, like if I could only own one vessel and I also had a, you know, a buddy that could fish with 'cause Cause that's the key to those. I think a little bit is it, you do have to have two people. If you don't have two people, it's sort of tough. It's a tough ask. To yeah. Out
1: I mean, risk. you can fish out of it solo for sure. And I've seen plenty of videos of people doing it. I don't think I've ever done it actually by myself, but I could be wrong about that, but it's definitely a two, I would say you can fish one person out of it. It's definitely a two-person boat, though. Like yeah, a fisherman and a rower. That's kind of the ideal setup. And
0: yeah. the rower
1: can fish a little bit while the other person's fishing. But, yeah, you definitely need two people.
0: Yeah, and and I would st- also start off to make a remark about the style of craft. is It is inflatable. And, you know, before I had exposure to inflatables, I think there's a little bit of a preconceived notion among fishermen that haven't used them that there's some sort of um uh durability uh you're making a durability concession by having those right and i can tell you after fishing you know what three seasons out of an inflatable pretty hardcore four yeah this is that that concession is completely like not (laughs) not valid
1: like, well, no, I, I got the, I got the hooligan in 27, 2016, 20, 2016. Mm, well, it was. yeah. 20, no, yeah. 2016. Yeah. 2016.
0: Yeah. Well, so we fished out in what, five years then? is our fifth um, year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't had one issue out of all the rivers we fished in that have hampered our ability to fish. You know, the worst thing we've had is a leaky floor. That's it. Right. Um, and even with a leaky floor, it really doesn't affect your ability to fish. It, it just makes it a little harder to walk around than the boat. Um, and that's, you know, I would say hundreds, if not a thousand miles, well, maybe not a thousand. It's, it's a lot, it's several hundred miles of river. And, you know, I think we take care of our stuff, but we're also not careful with it when we're on the water, like. We beat the living piss out of it. Um, Yeah.
1: I mean, you definitely do. And we portage them a lot. We mm -hmm. have like informal put-ins. Like we drag them over gravel when we can't, when we can't, you know, we've got no other option. I mean, yeah. I mean, for sure. It's, it's not an easy, like any, any river fisherman is going to be tougher on their gear for sure than a lake fisherman. But you know, it's in particular, our rivers are, are kind of rough, I would say. I mean, you you know, your, your informal put-ins, your,
0: and uh, we're dragging them a lot. I mean, how much dragging a lot drug those things. Like you get to an area where it's like, yeah, you got to hop out of the boat and drag it. And sometimes one of you will hop out. Sometimes both of you will hop out. Um, but I guess all before we get into the meat and bones of the actual river rat, I do want to dispel the whole myth of like, you know, Oh, inflatables are fragile and you can't use them like in fact if anything i would say they're more durable because when you run into things they bounce off of it and 99.9 percent of the obstacles we find in a rocky river are just boulders and hitting a boulder with that thing it slides off of it it's so much less of an impact than like a hard boat like (laughs) i mean that was really
1: that was a big hold up i had about buying my first inflatable was just the idea of like sliding sideways into a sharp, sharp rock and like it would pop and then you're done, you know, and uh, we've banged our inflatable off of just about everything, dude. And zero like scratches, zero punctures. I mean, yeah. it's obviously possible to puncture those things, but I mean, I'm not I'm not just saying this like we have literally bounced it off of like metal metal. I mean, oh, we've yeah. bounced it off of like sharpened con like concrete that's next to the river. I mean, we've bounced it off of things that I've been like, that might have popped it. No damage <laughs> at all. I mean, yeah, how many times have you heard me say like, oh man, we're screwed now? Or, you know, yeah. or, or that that might hurt it or whatever, but no damage. Right. Conversely, I could tell you that I with my skiff that I had before, I had a hide skiff for just a season. But every time we hit a rock, dude, it was oh, yeah. like
0: well, it's really every time you went through a, an area where there was like rocks, you're sort of like puckered up. You're like, oh, man, if I don't hit this line, because if you hit, sometimes you get in a, a riffle, you're going like six, seven miles an hour, right? Like you hit something, smashing
1: fiberglass into a rock. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's I mean, we've done it, you know, and we only had minor damage to the to the drift boat but i just and on top of that the inflatables are so much lighter but but well, that's we'll get it yeah we'll
0: get way. into that but but anyways you know that's our take on the durability thing so yeah. from
1: oh the and the, one, one more thing on the durability you know brian when he was out here he told us that he popped they popped a an inner tube on there which i think maybe we've already talked about that on the podcast but mm-hmm. he popped an inner tube like i don't think it was intentionally i think they like hit some like a Actually, I want to say it was was a piece of rebar that was like next to like an old car or something like that. I don't I don't remember Mm -hmm. what it was, but it was a piece of piece of like sharp metal sticking into the river and they hit it and it popped one of their tubes and they were able to float the rest of the trip. And the boat was like pretty much fine. Like, I don't think that they had any issues
0: well, because, you know, anybody who's not familiar, these rafts have four completely separate sealed chambers.
1: Now, some so, of them have more than that, but, you know, the ones right. that we have have four. Yeah.
0: Right. And what they did is they actually took the f- the frame where, you know, the, the platform and the the oars or the oar locks and they flipped it around so the the flat chamber was facing backwards. Right. And then they uh, fished out of it like that all day long. And, yeah, I can attest to that. It's, you know, it's like you don't need all four chambers to keep it floating. Like it, it would definitely float fine. without. Yeah,
1: floating. I mean, your day would, you know, you wouldn't be happy about it. But, yeah, you could at least you could at least fish out of it. But, anyways, so on to yeah. the
0: And I don't want to turn this into a um, thing for us comparing the river rat to, like, your stealth craft. Um, so let's try to stay away from that a little bit. I really just want to talk about, just as a fishing craft in general, what the good, bad, you know, things are um of these style, and specifically this one of you know how it's made and the
1: craftsmanship of what it. did you say? I, I'm not going to trash stealth craft. Now you made it. <laughs> now you made it sound like I am going well,
0: to. I knew. Well, <laughs> what I, that's why I say I think our audience is probably largely guys who don't have this type of craft instead of guys who are thinking of switching, I guess is all I'm saying. Right. Like, because river rat sells itself against like fly craft and Smith and those guys. Right, and that's right, fine. Right. But like, we're, our review is more centered around the boat just as a fishing craft and how the things we like, the things we don't like that sort of thing. Um, so the first, I, I wrote down a little list on here. The first thing I put is stability, and um, I would say out of everything of that boat, the thing that impresses me the most is how effing stable it is with two guys. You know, we're not we're not little dainty boys. Um,
1: they've two, seen our they've seen our Instagram <laughs> pictures, dude, They know. <laughs> yeah you know Earlier i know in this podcast i was talking about how my ass has falling off that's not a characteristic <laughs> that, that fit men have
0: so we're 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 well over 400 pounds in that thing um plus together for the record yeah, together. <laughs> together uh plus um you know we've plus the on eight several, pound
1: smallmouth we're catching dude exactly dude. uh
0: we have um you know, we have gear. We've gone on overnights with it. We'll have gear. We've had it. And it, it def, definitely, <laughs> like, you, if you load that thing down, it, you can definitely tell. And that's probably, I you say can
1: tell. Way. And as the handles, like, it's harder to row for sure. Yeah. And when you've got deeper. a couple, when you've got 300 extra pounds of gear in it, it's, it's right. not easy to row.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely best with two people. Um, uh, but the stability, like, I'll just give it a very, like, you know, uh, explicit example of like what demonstrates stability to me. And I did this with Dustin in, in, uh, uh Minnesota and he was like, holy crap, I can't believe you can do that. So I weigh 230 pounds and
1: in your bra, we, uh,
0: <laughs> in uh, your bra. <laughs> uh, so, so we would like get certain, parts where I'd have to jump out because it was too shallow and like pull it through or whatever. Well, he'd be rowing. And instead of like me climbing in, like, you know, one, put the one knee up, I would just like sort of jump into the raft and like grab the rail and like pull myself up. And you can literally like a 230 pound, six foot dude, I can jump in that thing and grab it. And it literally doesn't even budge.
1: I was going to say, I don't even know if you stood on the edge of that thing. I did. Yeah. And leaned off backwards. I literally don't even know if the other side would come out of the water.
0: Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like so stable. It's like crazy. So like standing up in it, like on the platforms that we have, um, which I love. And we'll talk about that too. But dude, it's just, it's rock solid. Like the only danger you have in a, thing like that as if you're standing up is like hitting something and injecting you, which we have also experienced. Uh, hey, Chris you got, came, ejected, you got came, he got ejected so hard. He came out of his Crocs, dude.
1: <laughs> dude, I got tossed. I got ragdolled. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> I got tossed from the boat, like a damn doll. I would, I literally fell into six inches of water, but that was because my brother was going sideways through a riffle be bopping around and then decided at the last second he wanted to straighten us out but there was a rock so he literally swung the front end as hard as he could and catapulted me off the front like I was a dibs in a slingshot <laughs> I <mean.
0: laughs> dude I wish I was there I it's kind of a running joke with me and Chris like whenever we're I'm yeah. rowing I'll, I'll like hit the brakes on the oars and I'm like I don't do Laughs it enough every
1: row. time
0: you laugh yeah, I just, every single time
1: you throw me my, off balance.
0: In my mind's eye, I'm like envisioning Chris falling into the river and how funny it would be. But also then I'm like, he'd be so mad. Oh, man.
1: In the middle of winter, it's 30 degrees. I would just be laughing. <laughs> um,
0: so so we have stability, right? Super stable. Um, you know, it's just stable as a boat you know, like a big boat, like I want, you know, it's you, not like a 20 footer, but like a 17 foot, you know, aluminum boat, it's the same stability. Like you can stand on the edge, you can walk anywhere. It's not, it's not going to move. Uh, the second thing that, and, and I will say that the positives are definitely going to be longer, less than the negatives. Um, but there, we do have some negatives. Um, but the positives for me is, uh, like the weight and uh, if i'm going to use one comparison to the stealthcraft that's the one to me that like i had a direct comparison to is like it is super light like not only is it light like enough for two guys to easily carry and launch pretty much wherever you can unstrap the frame and basically split it in half so you have half the weight on the tubes and then half the weight on the actual frame so, like, if you were solo launching it for whatever reason and you're just, like, had to carry it somewhere sort of far, um, if you split the raft and the um, frame, like, it's, like, very manageable for one guy to carry it. Um, ours
1: is. Yeah. I mean, other ones that were not Well, that's not what I'm saying. The river raft. Yeah, the yeah. river raft. And, and it only takes on any of the rafts, like, any of these fishing rafts you have it only takes like three minutes to detach four minutes maybe to detach the whole frame from the, the tube. So, you know, I think that was like when we first got an inflatable, we were very hesitant to ever take that frame off. And now that we're just old, old dogs, (laughs) we, we, every opportunity or every time we have to portage that thing, we're like, let's pop this frame off here, dude. (laughs) We're not trying to, we're not trying to destroy it.
0: Cause it's not, I mean, it's literally what, like, is it like eight straps, eight little cam straps that yeah. hold that thing but, on there? So, but
1: all in all, the boat is about the same with gear. I would say it's about the same weight as it. Well, it's it's maybe like 15, 20 pounds heavier than just any kayak now.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you
1: yeah. know, so it's not. It's,
0: it's I think dry with no gear and just the frame and the raft. It's like a hundred pounds.
1: Yeah, so. and that's what I'm saying. Like these kayaks now are like 85, 90 pounds. It's like, oh, there's, it's like 15, there's
0: kayaks over 100 now. Yeah, well, nowadays. I mean,
1: like I'm not talking about like the big like Hobies or whatever, but like if, if these fishing kayaks are like what generally at 80 to 100 pounds, is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I mean, it's not much more weight. And I mean, that weight matters when you're if you can get rid of it for sure, just like you take the stuff out of your kayak before you portage. You know, you might as well take the frame off of your raft before you portage. So. Well,
0: and, you know, the advantage of, of being lightweight, you know, there's there's several things, but for me, the probably the biggest advantage is the, you're just their ability to launch it anywhere. Like, you right. can l- legitimately launch this thing on a bridge embutment. Like, and we've done it. We've carried it up and down a bridge embutment and not like a real, like, nice one, like a super shitty steep. Like one with rip, like
1: rip rap up to the road. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. kind of place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can launch it anywhere that has, you know, any kind of access. Um, and then if there, if there is like a, a trail or like a little grassy area, you can drag it very easily too. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a very like, um, it's just that, that creates that versatility from a launch, um, launch standpoint. And in, in where we live, that's a pretty important thing. I think
1: uh, it's actually a lot of places, but you know, it, it's yeah. I mean, definitely informal launches are kind of, that was just not simply not a possibility with my drift boat. Right. It's not a possibility with the jet boat. It's not a possibility right. with pretty much. In, I mean, you could do a, a canoe, a kayak or right. a
0: raft. Yep.
1: Um You know, that's pretty much kind of where it's at. And you know, we rely on those put-ins for access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles that we like to fish. I mean, the, it's the exception where there's a boat ramp on either the top end or the bottom end of your stretch. So yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, look, so let's do a con while we're cause I, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to think this is some sort of commercial. Let's talk some <laughs> shit, dude. Let's get into All the right. shit here. All what's right. the, uh, what's, You've got rod storage on here, which is kind yeah. of something specific to our, probably our raft more than in general. I would say most well, of these. I know
0: they do offer a some sort of rod storage on the river at, but we we didn't get any sort of prefabbed solution. Um, so yeah, we basically. So if they like- do
1: sell it, your advice would be buy it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because I I would say that's my biggest con with the boat that we have now for sure. Yeah, Rod Man, because we
0: we both take with two guys. Like I'll usually take four or five rods. You're taking three fly rods, so that's eight rods, and we're essentially like jamming them in, the, hanging them out the back, and like it's not terrible because they're out of your way, but when you go to switch out rods, they're all tangled together. There's nothing organizing them, or in the case of you know the other when we got stuck on the river in the dark, we got yeah. a bunch of you know trees. we got probably what five thousand dollars worth of rods hanging out the back that can snag anything and break, and so, trees hang
1: over especially in our rivers. You know we got yeah. lots of hangovers, a lot of widow a yeah. lot of. I th-
0: I think there's a solution for it, and we've tried a couple of things. I, I I don't think either one of us has found anything yet that we were. That's probably if I'm gonna do something this you know, off season as a project. Like when I, I put my raft up the other day, by the way.
1: Yeah, Uh, mine's up too and stored inside for the winter.
0: I put, I put it in my attic actually. Um, But uh, if there's one thing I will do when I get it out, you know, early spring is I'm going to start working up a uh, rod management system and then maybe even reach out to Brian and see what he has. Because as of right now, like nothing that I've seen has been like, like solves the problem. Totally. Yeah. I rigged so. up
1: some very janky PVC and zip, zip tie solution. <laughs> it's it
0: demise. When I went over the, uh, the, uh, dam. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't <laughs> over that damn dude.
1: I can't <laughs> believe you went over that damn dam. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. I mean, that's probably my biggest ding on this boat too, is the rod storage situation is not great. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a solution. I know that like my Stealthcraft had a very good solution for that. I mean, they had like yeah, a tray along yeah, the side, yeah. of the, on one side of the frame. And, and that was good for what? Three rods, four rods. It was three rods. It was three, but they, they sold them with, they sold them with more. Um, yeah. it
0: It's definitely something we need to solve. You know, I plan on solving it before I really start getting into the, the meat of springtime. Yeah, um, but yeah, so the third, so thing I had written down here is shallow draft and you know, I don't, we don't have to talk about it too much besides the fact of like this thing, uh, can go in shallower water than my, all my fishing kayaks can. Um, and I don't know if it's because of it, it's inflated, but if you just have two guys with a day gear, so not like camping stuff that weighs it down. But, like, you can go through legitimately not have to get out in like two inches of water. Like, you don't have to get yeah. out.
1: Two to um, th- two inches, easy. Two to yeah. three inches, no when problem you, at all.
0: When you get less than an, uh, two inches, you, usually one guy has to get out and just kind of pull through it. If it's super shallow, then you both have to get out. But the other thing, because it's so light and because that bottom is really slick, you literally can pull over anything very easily um so it's just like for the places we fish um and really even like the upper mississippi like that came in handy a lot like there are spots in that river where it's like you really needed something you could and i don't even think there was like one spot i had to get out on the upper mississippi in the spring um but there were spots that like i was like oh wow this is real shallow and it it just cruises right through there yeah um so I think that to me is like something that's really important uh, because if if it if it drafted in like 4 inches of water then it wouldn't be near as um to me it wouldn't be near as useful. So Yeah, but.
1: and also like the fear of going through a riffle is just like non-existent, which kind of goes into that. I mean like Yeah. I mean, it's there like when you get up into like the class four, class three, you know, type rapids, which I've done class threes. I've seen my boat go through class five. (laughs) I did not do it myself. (laughs) but I saw I've done class threes, you know, uh, class threes in this dude compared
0: to like a kayak. It's like, I mean, people will probably call us out and be like, oh, those aren't true class threes. But I'm telling you, it is no big deal. For us, it is.
1: (laughs) For us, it, yeah. you know, cause we're not, we don't have whitewater here, so we're not used to it, right. but, but anyways, I mean, you know, so that, that goes into the shallow, like, uh, you know, it'll run through the riffles, it'll run through, you know, a lot of different small flows, you know, it's, it's kind of, that goes to the versatility of the boat that goes to, you know, it can, it can go through the riffle, it can go through, you know, just a shallow flat, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's got a lot of versatility. Um,
0: Yeah. Um, it, uh, I, the other thing I'll say is because it drafts so shallow is like for us, we can use it pretty much year round. Whereas right. like, um, when the rivers get really low, even kayaks, a lot of times like, Oh, you can't really float in the kayak. Well, do, we floated sugar when it was what? 30 CFS one time.
1: Well, just imagine like, like just imagine if I had my hard, my hard bottom drift boat oh, and yeah. we did the trip to the James
0: yeah it would suck. just imagine
1: going through those riffles and like I mean most guys I mean I'm sure a lot of guys guide out of hard bottom drift boats on the James, mm-hmm. but if you're a tourist on the James, shooting rapids for the first time blind on class twos or class three rapids, oh yeah, banging your fiberglass you know drift boat off of one of those. It just, it's a completely different feel than us going in the raft and be like, whatever, we'll be fine, you know, we don't even have to scout it, we can run it, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's, uh, it's just such a low stress. It takes a lot of stress off somebody who's, you know, out there using their boat pretty regularly, you know, right. that, that component of it. But also like the Menominee. I mean, there's no way we could have done that Menominee trip with a hard bottom drift boat. Absolutely. No oh way. no way. We would have I made mean, it. We barely <laughs> made it in a raft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the James, the Menominee. I mean, all these out of state trips. You know, it's it's they're just very versatile boats. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I agree, man. Uh, Let's do another so- negative here. What wet. You've got wet slash water management.
0: So this is, to me, is almost like a 1B, like, downside to this craft. Um, and, you know, your stealth craft had a different system, which I honestly like how this one set up better. Your stealth craft was, like, self-bailing, but the problem is, like, that water would get trapped in there, and it was, like, almost impossible to get out, um... But just from a general fishing standpoint. It also
1: makes a boat harder to row because you're constantly taking on water. Yeah, uh, yeah. you got constantly. So ha- constant, I think they
0: do have a self-bailing option on
1: the river rat. They do. Um, yeah, they do sell a cars, self-bailing option. I will I never buy that. I no. will never buy a self-bailing raft ever again after owning one. Yeah. And, it, I, and I specifically bought one that was self-bailing the first time.
0: Right. Because I was um, like,
1: oh, well, if it rains or if we get water in the boat, you know, I don't want it to be weighed down or whatever, but I will never buy another self bailing raft again. Yeah. Your feet are constantly I, wet. It's harder to row. You know, it's, it's not a, it's just not, for me, not preferable. So,
0: yeah. And, in the, the river at, you know, the way I'll, I'll put this, um, so, generally speaking, like you are going to get water in the boat. If it's like a summer day where like you're not really in and out of the river or or the boat too much, you probably won't get very much and you'd probably be pretty negligible. And there's times, there's trips where like, oh yeah, there's no water in the boat. But if the two scenarios, one, if you're in a really shallow river where you do have to get in and out of the boat a lot, where you're basically like sloshing water in and out with your waders or your, your feet or whatever, or it's raining. And I, the, the last trip I took in mind on sugar when it like poured down rain, dude, it was taking on a ton of water. And it's not that you're like, it's not that you're like, oh man, it's gonna sink or anything. It's just like everything gets wet. Like everything in the bottom of the raft, you know, whether it be a your sweatshirt you wore in the morning or whether it be, you know, uh, a bag with your wool and then, or your, you know, a bag of chips or something, everything's getting wet. And there's not really a great, like, because of the dynamics of how that's made, it's just sort of like, it's just part of it. And,
1: yeah. Sometimes it's not a big dry deal. Bags, dry bags are an absolute essential for the yeah. overnight thing. Like you can't, there's no dry right. storage on the boat. You know? There's no dry storage at all.
0: Yeah. So you sort of have to go into it knowing that like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, there's going to be water in here and we're going to have to deal with it. Um, and like I said, if it's dry out and you're not getting in and out of the boat, like it's not a big deal. You're not going to get a bunch because there's trips like where we have enough flow. We're not getting in and out of the boat. And it's not raining, so it stays really dry. But like any time you have to get in and out several times, it just adds up. And it it got to the point the last time when it was raining real heavily that I was like taking like cupfuls of water and pouring it out, and I couldn't keep up with it. Like it was like a lot of water. A in
1: the sailor, of it. just a little sailor at sea, dude. I know, but you out. can.
0: You know the advantage you can take that boat. Um, over to the bank and just tip it over and get all the water yeah, out.
1: That's what I was going to say. Like the self bailing thing was actually harder to empty out.
0: Right. Cause I it was like, like trapped in between like the floor and then that uh, membrane at the bottom.
1: Yeah. But like the other one, you just kind of tip it over and the water just yeah. pours out You know you have to right. mess with the floor a little bit. Cause it's seal It might seal on you a little bit, but it's actually easier I think to dump out the, the non self bailing raft than it is a self bailing raft. Yep. But, fully
0: agreed. Uh, so overall I
1: would say that, yes, you're right. Like you can get wet. Like you are, you are going to get wet. It's more similar to a kayak in that way. You know, I, I think right. like you're going to get wet in a kayak, no matter what you do, a kayak or canoe, you're going to get wet. It's the same right. type of concept, you know, and that, that kind of goes into like the next, like the next con which is like comfortability, like a hard bottom drift boat is m- just more comfortable to fish out of like in an all day situation. Like it just is, I mean, you know, it, the it's rafts for us too. Yeah, yeah. And the, the rafts for us are fine because we're just out there, you know, we're rotating back and forth a little bit, you know, we're, we're younger guys, like we're bouncing up and down We're whatever. And we need them to go to the spots that we fish because a hard bottom drift boat just wouldn't work for us. So it's, it's, it's fine. But, you know, I will say that like in a drift boat, oftentimes you can walk around the rower's bench in a raft, you know, you, you have to step over the rower's bench, you know, it's a little bit, it takes a little bit more of a mobile person. I think, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a manual powered bass boat. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different, it's just a different feel.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, and it it I don't ever feel cramped on there, but there's just not a lot of ample room. Like it's you've just not. not done, a what about
1: when bait. you've got it's more like, than two people in the boat?
0: Uh, you talking about on the river at?
1: Yeah, or any any raft? Do you feel cramped? with Personally, three
0: people? I would not take three people out on that boat unless I was like the family aspect, which I have that written down as a as a positive. Uh, Is like you can take more people out on it. Three guys fishing out of that would be tough. Like,
1: I've done it before several times, and I didn't think it was that bad, um, at all. But, you know, it's it's just it's better suited for a two person rig. I would say, but I would say
0: you need I think you need two more feet on that to make it like really three. I've been out with the kids.
1: and I've been out with three guys fishing before it's not a it's I mean it's fine it's just it really excels in the two-person setting I think
0: yeah I think it's a two-person craft at heart that's where it really does it's what it's meant for it can you do three yeah I I've never fished out of it I've had four you know my wife me and two kids and uh Yeah, it's a little cramped when you get that many people on the boat, but, um,
1: right. But overall, I think that is a positive because for me, I felt like it's not that cramped. You can't put a lot of people in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's definitely, um, it's just, you know, it's not something you would want like to take your kids out all the time. But the thing is like in a shallower river where you can't put a jet boat, it's like, that's the only way to really take your kids out and like keep everybody together. Yeah. Um, So unless you want to invest in teaching your kid how to paddle kayak and getting a separate thing for them or whatever. And that's a whole other, you know, but it beats the
1: shit out of a canoe. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. it's I mean, you don't have to
1: worry about your kids bouncing around and tipping that thing over. They can just kind of play around in it, you know, and you don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I did put storage and camping and I, I would say there's not a lot of storage, there's no clothes storage at all. It's just all open. And the one thing I do think they nailed on just – not just the river rat, but all those sort of like inflatable um, fishing-style rafts. I call them drift rafts, but is the back um, platform. Uh-huh. You can stack a ton of shit on there. And Yeah, and it actually helps even
1: the boat out a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean we've had everything from camera gear to camping gear to – Extra fishing stuff to coolers to whatever, and you can fit a lot of stuff back there. Um, and like compared to like a kayak, for instance, you can put way more stuff on it. Um, the, yeah, the weight capacity alone is just bigger. And uh, you know, we take like Chris and I, we take um, uh, you know, like uh, stuff to cook lunch with. Like we'll have a uh, you know, a, a hot not a hot plate, but a you know, like a what do you call this? Cooks,
1: like a camp um, stove.
0: Yeah, a camp stove. Or, I mean, I've seen guys take those big propane dual burner, you know, Coleman type stoves on there.
1: Midwest Outfitters guys have those rigged up on the back. They have like a probably like a 55 quart, like a Tupperware container with like a Mm -hmm. Coleman camping stove in it. And they like cook a shore lunch. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And we've done plenty of shore lunches with that. We've taken, you know, not the huge Yeti cooler, but we've had like mid-sized Yeti coolers on there. And uh, it, it it really does a good job of holding all that stuff without getting like in your way. Like it gets up out of the way. Um, so I th- I'd say that that's a, a positive. Um, you know, I would say to me, uh, the last, for me, the last like true negative uh, on that boat is I'm not a big fan of the oars and some of that has come from like other people telling us that. Um, mm. but I do think the oars, like now I've used it a whole season compared to like the other things like your hard bottom and the stealth craft. I, it does, the oars are like, I don't know if they're too short or what, but I do think you would like next season, I'm going to upgrade the oars. So yeah, well, I mean, Moving
1: Water sells Sawyer ores, dude. We can go in there and buy ourselves some new ores together. We'll just yeah, ore, I, let's ore out together,
0: dude. <laughs> I think Brian actually does sell an upgraded ore with that. He? Like He did have Sawyers. They've um, got a lot of flex
1: on them, I would say. But for me, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, I'm not as strong as you, dude. You're a freaking workhorse. <laughs> Uh, no, it's uh I would say the flex doesn't bother me as much. I actually don't mind it. Um
0: Well, and the other thing you may want to talk about uh why don't you talk a little bit about the wind with that?
1: Yes, so it
0: sucks in the wind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's it. You said it. I don't need to say anymore. It does suck (laughs) in the wind. Yeah, it's like a big sail. But um yeah. And we don't
0: have to deal with that as much on the river. Like Oh, I couldn't imagine taking that on like a lake or something which real windy you ju- you wouldn't <sighs> even be able to move it,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's but that like, would not be ideal,
0: yeah, we've been in situations like I remember specifically when we took off on the upper Mississippi. you remember how like windy it was that day, oh yeah, and uh dude it was just getting blown, and there was current, you know, we were getting <laughs> blown everywhere, <laughs> it was <laughs> tough
1: <laughs> yeah, i mean it's it's not ideal it's it's. But I will say this about the wind, like it's the same as a kayak. I mean, it really is only the difference is that like when you're actually fishing, you can still fish. The person that's suffering is not the fisherman in a raft when it's windy, the person that's suffering is the rower. But I like the bet. The good thing about all that is that the person who's fishing, the main, the main focus of why you're out there is to put the person on fish they're still able to do what they need to do. I mean, they're still casting. They're well, still fishing. And
0: this, is, this You know, is, in a
1: kayak, you're always recovering. You know, you're paddling back to your spot right. or, or whatever. You can't fish the whole time.
0: I'll tell, I will say this, you know, if there's guys out there that are thinking about getting one of these that are primarily kayak fishermen, you won't understand how, like if, if I had a guy that was in a kayak and then me and Chris, like two high level guys who like understand where the fish are, how to get to them, how to, or like we would demolish a kayak fisherman. We would absolutely (sighs) demolish
1: them. Like, because, you know, we're going to get some challenges based on that.
0: Oh, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking, um, two guys on a kayak because that's a little unfair. I'm saying like one guy in a kayak compared to the, two guys in a raft but the thing is you're only fishing one guy at a time so it's not like you're really only one fisherman as far that's why that you goes. don't count
1: it as two right i always kind of measure my boat right. against a kayaker's boat
0: right like you would demo- and, and again it's because of like the guy controlling the boat is only focused on one thing the guy fishing is only focused on one thing and it's it's pretty cool like when you get dialed in like me me and you have had like When we go on the boys' trip in May, we, we, me and you don't um, get together because I feel like we might, we might like um, break some wills. (laughs) We might, we might, (laughs) we, if we were together,
1: we would be the the Alonzo morning and Larry Johnson. Uh, (laughs) You remember that on NBA Jam? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Larry Johnson. Rick Rick Spence
0: and Reggie Miller, dude. (laughs) Don't you dare. Uh, uh, But, we would definitely like. It it would be almost unfair, like to have you know two like super experienced guys in that situation. Um, so we tend to split up and you know s- you know give people you know some opportunity to fish some other other guys. But, so,
1: it sounds so <laughs> so prideful, dude. dude so well,
0: we've had we've had times where me and you've been dialed in on a river with that, and it's like there's like nothing stopping you most really? of our
1: communication is simply hip thrusts yeah we don't even exactly. communicate with words
0: <laughs> Well, it's <laughs> like because... i just
1: thrust gently like there's a rock pile over there dude <laughs> thrust well, we
0: we we do fish enough together that like we don't really have to talk that much like we well, sort of
1: we know we both know generally the rivers that we're fishing in and kind of how to Right. I will, we, how, where the channels flowing, like what spots are looking better just based on, you know, whatever, I think that helps right. a lot, a lot more than, you know, than anything else. But, uh, yeah, no, I, and I, I would say, I would add to the kind of what you're talking about, just being able to, like, for me, kayak fishing was, was, I enjoyed it for years, obviously, but what I always found myself doing was like, I would go on these floats like four five six hours and I would like uh, we don't talk the whole time like we talk very little like the whole time I mean we're just fishing you know we're in separate boats and then like something would happen and you'd have to describe it to your buddy like oh man I had this I was in this spot you know and then this happened and it was crazy the thing about the raft is like you see it and you you react to it together you know you have this It's kind of a lot of shared experiences, I would say. Um, Even
0: more so than like the jet boat, because
1: definitely more than the jet boat. Yeah, the
0: guy, the guy like rowing is like, like to me, it's it has taught me a lot about fishing because I'm doing nothing but observing during my rowing time, and like sometimes you have to concentrate on you know going through a fast area or whatever, but like most of the time I'm my eyes are glued on Chris's you know, streamers, popper or whatever. And like, sometimes I see things that even Chris doesn't.
1: Because oh, that happens a lot. Yeah.
0: He's worried about line management and like, you know, getting caught in a tree or something. And I'm like watching, <laughs> I mean, there's been we several watching times other
1: spots in the river. Like, Hey, I just saw something rise over here. Or, yep. You know, Hey, look, look at this boulder on the left, you know, or whatever. Um, oh,
0: hundred percent. It's I can see why guides like to use those because it's really advantageous in the rower's bench to like direct the guy fishing about where to cast and what's coming up and stuff. And you're going slow uh,
1: enough that you can still, you know, you can coach somebody into a spot. You know what I mean? You can say, Hey, left coming up on the left and you're going slow enough that you can, uh, find the target that the other person's describing and put a cast there and right. You know, whatever. So
0: in the, you know, um, as far as, like, the uh, – where's uh, where is I going with this? As far as, like, our system with being out on the raft, like, generally speaking, we do, like, two fish. The guy catches two fish and you swap, and the other guy, you know, rows. And it actually – it's almost like a game for me. It's, like, how fast can I get that guy to catch two fish because then I get two fish. You know? uh,
1: yeah, and also, like, our other thing is the 18-inch rule. Like – Right. So it's either two fish or an 18 incher, but which we got from Mike Schultz. I watched him in an interview. I didn't know that. Yeah. I got it from him. He was, he did a TV show and they were, it came up and I was like, oh, that's a good system. You know? So we applied that, but, uh, but anyways, yeah. I mean, hey, that's I thought a, that was uh,
0: original dude. You've ripping Mike Schultz off.
1: <laughs> I never, I never claimed it. It's not, it's not called the Chris method.
0: I've claimed it several times. I'm like, oh, yeah, we made that up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, really? Uh, no, it's definitely a Mike Schultz thing. I saw it on a TV show he did. Um, but, you know, or occasionally, like, if it's really rough, we'll just set a timer for 30 minutes, you know, or whatever. But, you know, I really don't. Like, there are a lot of times even that I'm, like, up fishing, and I'm, like, especially, like, when you go through a long stretch when you're, like, I haven't caught anything. You're, like, I just want to sit down to row, dude. This The pressure, like, I'm ready to you know, give it up, let the next guy have a whack at it, you know, or whatever. I really, there are certainly a lot of times where I'm like, I want to stay. I wish I was fishing right now. hundred percent that happens. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say that it balances out, you know, it It, really. gives you a
0: time to almost like recover a little bit. You get a snack, you know, drink. I know when I'm like in a kayak.
1: You're a big fan, dude.
0: Dude, when I get, uh, when I get freaking done kayak fishing for the day i'm exhausted right like i haven't like usually i'm dehydrated like i didn't eat anything like i haven't you know it's just like i'm in the zone the whole time when i'm the raft gives you a chance to take a little bit of a breather um so i definitely definitely agree with that um but the you know the experience with two guys is fun i think it's more fun in the raft i have more fun fishing out of that raft than i do any anything else uh, yeah. Me personally. Uh, I I
1: agree for sure. I like running my jet boat though. It's, it's a lot of fun too, but, but, uh, so one thing like about this specific boat, like the river rats and, you know, just in general, I would say that I wasn't sure about like the, the frame coming in multiple pieces. I thought that would give the boat kind of a chintzy, like like before we got it, I kind of thought it would have it, I, I don't know. I thought it would be a little cheap or a little like loose, I guess. Because um, most of these frames out here are like solid, like one piece welded frames, you know. Some which, of
0: them are. Some of some them are. Like
1: are them. Some of them aren't. That's right. Yeah. So anyways, I was a little concerned about that. I got to say that that is actually like a huge benefit. You know, the more that we've used this boat, we've realized how easy it is to like break down and kind of. You know, you can put it in the back of my truck, for instance, and drive. Oh, you know, have, yeah. to have a trailer. I mean, that was one thing that, like, I, when I b- got this boat, I bought a trailer thinking, like, I need a trailer. But the reality of the situation is that, like, I could easily just have the, have that boat and put it in the back of my truck or car top it. Yeah. You know, and it would well, be just fine.
0: It, yeah. And I agree. And I do, in general, the way I use it, I keep it inflated pretty much all summer. And then, um, you know, I, I store it on a trailer, or, you know, somewhere like, you know, behind my shed or whatever. Um, but yeah, you want to keep it out of the sun. Um, but what I'll say is that in storage can be tricky that way because it does fill up with water, you know, you got to keep it covered. It, it, it can be, you know, no different than a boat as far as that goes, but I just prop um, mine up on its side. Yeah. That's usually what I do too. Um, but what I will say, like, the other thing of it is um, when you do, I did it for the first time. I put it away for the year. Like, I don't have a ton of, like, I mean, I live on a half acre. You know, our house is decent sized. So I don't, I have plenty of places to put it. Like, if you're constrained by, like, your storage at your house, like, dude, this thing, like, does not take up any space at all. Like, it takes up, like, very like you could put it in like a garden shed no problem um yeah. and it wouldn't be any big deal um so like storage like i know people that you know kayak fish that live in new york city and they live in chicago and like they live it you know it's like dude like even next to like a kayak it's way way easier
1: to store that just so do you remember those salsa commercials back in the day you don't remember those no new york oh, city the, yes yes i do Picante, i don't know why but when maybe. you when you just said that i haven't heard somebody say new york city like that in a while it just <laughs> popped an old salsa commercial into my brain dude
0: well i didn't want to say new york because that's the state but you know i know some people live in like the city like i know one guy in particular that kayak fishes um yeah and he's like always like doesn't know where to put it and he's like he keeps it on top of his car That's where he keeps it. I'm like, God, that's miserable, dude. Living in a city where you literally don't have a place to put a kayak.
1: Dude, he like keeps it on top of his car. There'd be a homeless living up in that. I'm sorry, what's the (laughs) what's the politically correct term for homeless now? Disadvantaged or something? Housing disadvantaged or something, whatever it's supposed to be. You know what I mean, everybody. Yeah. And there'd be somebody camped out in that thing. Have you noticed all the have you noticed all the homeless people camped out under the Raymond Street Bridge now?
0: It doesn't surprise me because Dude, it's I like to work around there, but
1: they're like yeah. moved in. They've, they've, there's like a dog in a kennel it's
0: right next there. to um, the white river.
1: Yeah. They like built a little shed down there. There's a dog in a shed. It's nuts. But anyways, yeah. so um, anyways, the, the, being able to take the frame apart, multiple pieces is actually a pretty big advantage. I, I think say. you could
0: legitimately like it would be tight but I think you could legitimately fit, it uh, in a, like a larger car's trunk, like it's it's pretty small.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe I guess I don't know. It's the, it's bigger if you could get that. the
0: platform, if you could get the platform in it.
1: Oh, the platform—that's another thing. The platform is a game changer for these boats.
0: Oh, you're talking about the? i was talking about the platform, the storage platform.
1: Yeah, but I, I know but you said platform. It reminded me of like. The the platform is for all the guys that already have rafts. This is really and for the guys that are getting ready to buy them as well. Because I think I think Brian I can't believe people.
0: Selling, yeah, I can't believe people don't like they don't think of that.
1: I don't know. But I know I think Brian is selling them now, maybe. But um the platform thing is huge. By the way, Especially, Brian,
0: we need another one next season. Yeah, we, we need another one
1: we need another aluminum, which he, I doubt if he listens to this podcast, but he he may. He He'll may, listen to this episode. Yeah, he probably will. But anyways, uh, he's a big trout guy, so, you know, whatever, dude. But anyways, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, platforms are huge, man. G- Got to do it. I mean, the guys dude, that are if like, you, oh, I don't know how much one, of an advantage it is. I'm telling you right now. Dude, it, for, I agree. For warm water guys, I can't speak to the trout game. But for warm water guys, you are messing up if you do not have a platform system getting rigged up for next year. Well, not
0: only is it 100%. Not only is it like advantageous from a fishing standpoint because it gets you up higher and you can see like sight fishing and like small mouth guys know like you takes are usually visual and you usually see things like cues in the water where you can like know where to cast and stuff when you're down like you you just have a less advantageous angle the other thing is it opens up the front of the raft a ton so like the entire front of the raft you can store some tackle in there like you can walk around easier like it's just a better raft with that platform like, i think brian
1: would call that the smally talk the smally talk system. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, if you have a raft right now and you're like, I don't think that the platform situation makes much sense. And you're a warm water guy. You're wrong. I'm telling oh, you right now. It is. It's a game changer. Like you're, I up, won't really, I won't really fish without that anymore. I fish out. <laughs> it's, a couple tough, times cause... it's really tough to, I won't. I, I mean, I will do it. Like I've, I've, had to do it before. Um, it's I. It's, it's difficult to go back to fishing off the floor of a raft well,
0: for me. The only disadvantage is you don't have a seat, like an actual seat for the person in the front, and the lean bar is not there. Um, but, like, so sometimes when I take my wife, I'll put the seat back on so she can, like, sit down or whatever. Right. Um, but, like, if you're fishing, like, dude, like, you're,
1: you're – if you're you're, too, if you're an too, Yeah, I was gonna say if if you're two uh somewhat mobile individuals, yeah. I mean, I'm my butt's falling off, and I'm a white guy from Indiana, <laughs> and I have enough balance and coordination to stand up on that thing, and it's worth the risk. If I break my ankle, dude, I will have zero regrets <laughs> for having stood up on the platform. Because I'm telling I you. I would that. be the I would be like. In the straight
0: up winter time, in like a deep spot, it might cause me to second guess. Yeah, it but if you're bit. in a deep
1: spot, you're not going to be jerking around and potentially getting thrown off of that thing. Unless your partner's bucking you with those, those oars. <laughs> I, I will uh, not be, I will not be bucked by you, dude. Okay. <laughs>
0: Overall, though, man, I think we're getting up. Uh, we're, we're getting up here on the time of the podcast. Overall, I would give it a solid. A, um, maybe an A minus if you take some of the things that we talked about as cons, but like one, like the guy, you know, the river at specifically the guys that own the company, great guys, you know, they're very responsive. Um, they came out and fished with this for four days, albeit it was a very, very, um, unfortunate weather pattern that, that preceded yeah, them. <laughs> um, we did catch some fish, but you know, they were, they're great guys, they're invested in the smallmouth um, space because they want to. They want to sort of cater. And the here's the thing: like that platform is a direct result of that. That that probably would never came about unless they kind of partnered up with us because we were talking about that with them sort of leading up to um, you know us getting ours. And dude,
1: yeah, I think I think when Brian came out and my brother and I were literally just standing up on the seat. Yeah. Fishing, like we were just standing flat on the seat. I think he was like, hey, I probably should <laughs> these guys to yeah. definitely break their leg. You know, maybe yeah. it was a safety thing, I'm not sure, but either way, dude, it is a uh yeah, it's pretty cool. So-
0: well, and I'm you know what I'm looking forward to talking with him sort of after this podcast, maybe brainstorming some things like for rod storage and even for guys for me, it's important for uh conventional guys. I'd really like to see some more conventional friendly stuff on there. And if I know Brian, I think he'll probably take that to heart and like, you know, come up with a way to store some rods and stuff that um, he doesn't necessarily have available right now. So uh, looking forward to it. Like I said, you know, I can say with confidence for the style of fishing we do, that this is the ultimate like medium to small river uh, vessel. Like I agree with that a hundred
1: percent. And yeah, you know, specifically the one we've got now, I would say is ideally suited for the, for our situation.
0: And, and, and if it, if this thing would have flopped and it would have been a crappy thing, like we just wouldn't have done this episode, (laughs) you know? No,
1: I mean, we, yeah, I feel like we are kind of going out of our way because, because it's good, you know, if if it sucked, there would be a lot of, of, uh, (laughs) there'd be a lot of, I, I don't know. It would be a very different very different yep. tone I think so
0: yeah I was really pleased with it and uh you know the guys that recommended uh it to us before we even knew it was we trusted them too so we we sort of had a little bit of a uh confidence that we were getting into something that we we would enjoy and that was good product
1: but Yo, yeah Pete. definitely
0: li- it yeah Pete um it definitely lived up to its billing and then some and I I would you know if I was like in the market today like going in the off season and I listened to this podcast and I believed everything that we said, I would probably spend the four grand, 4,500 bucks, whatever they're going for now.
1: I think they're uh, less to than get that. one.
0: I think they're 4,500 retail, but I don't know what they're priced at right now. Um, oh, yeah. Either but way, I good. would get a platform though. Get one. You won't regret it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, so before we get off here, um, anything new, bud, you bought any new gear? Anything Um, in your box?
0: I haven't really got anything for myself. I'm, uh, I'm still waiting, uh, still waiting on a, to get the off season going for me. I haven't really gotten to that mode yet. We're getting ready to do a huge house remodel. And like, I've been looking at kitchen cabinets and flooring and countertops and yeah. So I haven't thought about that stuff, but I do want to get out with you. Um, We always do our, what, Christmas Eve thing or around Christmas Eve? Yeah, it's like
1: around Christmas, like the week before Christmas, usually.
0: Yeah, we're going to go do that for sure. And honestly, I was thinking today, I was like, it's probably pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I actually went out yesterday. Um, Catch anything? Caught a couple. I caught like three. Um, It's uh, the spot that I went to got completely altered. Where'd you go? Silted out like pretty heavily. Um. I went up to the upstream of the walking bridge Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, um, it's still good. I mean, I caught fish there, but I, the spot was a lot smaller than I thought it would be. So I kind of stumbled into what ended up being more winter hole than it usually is. And, you know, so I kind of messed it up, but I know what it looks like now, you know? So Hmm. I caught, I caught two. I saw one nice fish actually chased my, um, nedrig all the way up to me and i was kicking myself mm. for not slowing down on it but anyways uh yeah so as far as new stuff for me um the only thing that i've got new is i just got a new Minkota old uh Taroba. Ooh, nice. So oh,
0: Okay, you did away with the Ultrex then.
1: Yeah, it's, it's yours. I, I'm keeping it. I'm just going <laughs> oh. to keep it. <laughs> Josh let me borrow his uh, trolling motor for the New Orleans trip because I'm having some trouble with my Ulterra. So, Ulterra, um, I said Ultrex. Oh. Yeah, I've got the Ulterra. But anyway, so that's at Tackle Service Center getting worked on right now. And uh, as far as other new stuff, dude, I've got uh, – I just hired uh, Nate Eckold, I think is his name, Mm-hmm. uh, to do some work on my boat. So, uh, for this one, nice. so he's going to get to that in like February and, uh, I've got a trial in February anyways. So it works out. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, dude. Anyways, I, I thanks everybody for listening. I hope this wasn't, um, I hope this didn't come across as like an insincere, like commercial, I guess. Um, I don't think
0: anybody that knows us, uh, would think that. Yeah. So. But
1: everything, I mean, I, I genuinely, um, I genuinely think all of the things that I said about the city of new Orleans and the river rats <laughs> rafts. Um, no, but for real, I, I do, you know, those are, those are genuinely held opinions about the, about the boat. Um, you know, take it or leave it. So. All
0: right. Well, it's, a. Uh the eve of thanksgiving so i want to wish everybody a happy thanksgiving uh you know thanks for um you know for be patronizing our or not patronizing patro- patroning our podcast and um you know we've got a lot to be thankful for patronizing you know, is, is the right word uh, patronizing was like a uh, negative term
1: it can be but patronizing is the right word in that context okay thank you for your patronage well, you know,
0: well, we, say, we just said, honestly, it's just, we're wrapping up our third season of Smalley Talk, which it seems weird. It doesn't seem like we've done, done this for three years. I was thinking that too, um,
1: man. Yeah. It's weird. Three years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We still suck as bad as when we first started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't uh, have show for it. No, but I, I am, I am thankful for, uh, thankful for you. Thankful for all of our fishing dude. buddies. And, uh, you know, thanks everybody for listening, you know?
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We appreciate everyone and uh, yeah, we're looking forward almost to... everybody.
1: There are about two percent <laughs> of you that can go straight to hell. The rest <laughs> of you guys are, are cool.
0: <laughs> Still calls ass Yeah, just r- right. just
1: try and self determine, you know, if you're which group you're in.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, explore some time and space.
1: Absolutely, you know? dude. Hey, until uh, next time, explore some space and time, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Free the fighter. See you buddy. Free the fighter. Fighter.